How's it going, you guys? Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Today, we are on the road once again with another recording. And I got a question in from a follower on Instagram who is also a wedding photographer. And their question was uh, how I deal with having a, another photographer um, showing up to the wedding. And a short answer is, well, you're not going to be able to prevent it. And you're really just going to have to work around it. That no matter what precautionary steps you may take as a business person on your own with regards to your contracts or what you tell your clients, you're always going to have those individuals who feel it necessary to want to either build their own profile or their own portfolio because they want to be wedding photographers themselves and they don't really understand the, I want to say the unspoken courtesy of not interfering with uh, a paid, a paid photographer who's out there doing it. Now, I like to lay the groundwork early on with the couples that I sit with or that I talk to or converse with via email, text, or whatever have you. And I let them know that I am the photographer out there if they decide to hire me. And though I don't make it my responsibility to to inform others and to tell them you need to leave your cameras at home, I do expect the either the wedding couple or the family members or the maid of honor or somebody to sort of play the quarterback or take charge in the matter in informing the guests to sort of leave those cameras in the car or leave them at home that it isn't a necessity that you bring them because the the day is being captured by by somebody who is paid to be there and that everybody else should be able to just sit back and enjoy the day now, you're surely not going to be able to prevent somebody from capturing images or videos for their Instagrams or whatever, social medias, or just their own personal photo collection with their cell phones. That is something that everybody has one of those, and everybody is just using those. So I think as, as a photographer, we have to learn to adapt to the times and just understand that those are always going to be there. But... Uh, having a second DSLR, possibly a third, every wedding that I have ever photographed, there's always been one person who brings one. And though the couple knows who the photographer, who the hired photographer is, a lot of the, the other, I would categorize them as VIP guests. And what I mean by a VIP guest is grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, sometimes aunt and uncle who are very close who may be coming from far away they don't necessarily know who the paid photographer is and it can it can add a little bit of confusion to the day now sometimes on two occasions i've had brides point out that i am the photographer and that the other person needs to relax but on the other occasions you know people tend to get confused and I'll lose I'll lose eyes on the image uh, a really great image when you're taking group group photos is when you can try to capture everyone's attention and ensure that 
all eyes are on your lens. And when there are other photographers, it can, it can be a little bit, a little bit difficult. So I try to get loud with it. Um, a tip I would suggest is watching paparazzis on the red carpet and how they're just hollering at the celebrities to try to get their attention. Uh, I look above my camera and I try to make eye contact with every single person as I generally um, convey that I need everyone's attention or I need everyone to look at my camera and that if I can't see your eyes through my lens, then your attention will not be captured in this photo. And then when I get behind my camera or eye through the lens, um, I try to scan the crowd again and I take more than one photo. I usually take three to five images to, to capture everybody in the shot. And either I've got it or I don't. I usually get the people in the center. Sometimes it's the people on the edges who I lose. And there's nothing that I can really do about that. That's also something that I protect myself uh, in my contract to my clients is I write down that um, they, they agree that I am the hired photographer and that if there is somebody else there, I can't control if I miss photos, if I miss opportunities. There might be some of those candid moments that you're there to capture and you might miss because there is somebody else who decides to bring their DSLR. And as long as you protect yourself and your contract and you state it so that they understand that if, you know, their friend or their cousin or their auntie decides to bring the camera and you so happen to miss a moment. Fortunately, I've not had anybody point it out to me, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've missed a moment. There have been a couple that I personally feel I've missed, but I, again, I don't bring that up to my clients. But if you, if you for some reason miss that moment, then at least you're protected in your contract. You've, you've stated it and, you know, they can, they can take that beef up with whomever decided to bring their, their DSLR. The other thing is it kind of blanket protects me from, or can protect you as well if you decide to include it in your contract, is uh, it can kind of blanket protect you from cell phone usage. Uh, usually people are respectful and they keep the aisle clear. One example of this would be if you're trying to capture that kiss uh, as the ceremony comes to that point. And usually I'll walk up the aisle about three to five rows back. That gets me plenty close to where the money shot prefer, I guess, would be, call would be called. Um, and people usually stay in their aisles. Now, I've had people hold their phones out in the aisle, and if I block their shot, tough, you know? <laughs> I'm the one that's paid to capture this kiss, to capture this moment. Uh, fortunately, I've not had anybody block me, and I think that's because being a, a larger stature individual, um, people kind of notice when, when I'm in the vicinity, so... That's also another kind of semi-tip, I guess. You can you can try to make yourself known um, by just, I don't know if it's, if it would be called walking tall or walking large. Um, so to don't be timid when, when you are there. 
if anything, you're, you have to look at it like you are there to paid to do a job. And guests, though it's good to be respectful and allow them to enjoy the, the event, the wedding, um, if they're in the way, you need to get through. And you need to be vocal. Say, excuse me. Uh, be be uh, firm with what it is that you're doing and be concise with the direction that you need to go. I've had, you know, a crowd of people and I'll need to uh, raise my voice enough so that people around can hear if I need to get through. Uh, this is so I don't miss shots and things like that. But again, it, I think it is a really fine line. It's a kind of a you don't want to overstep your boundaries with that either because again you you do want people to enjoy their their time at the wedding you do want to not interrupt the guests and you at least for myself I try to I try to get where I need to go but more often than not I try to be that fly on the wall so that you go unnoticed that it's like was there even a photographer here? I'm not exactly sure how guests view me being there, but again, that can go into a whole deep talk on how you how you dress too. I mean, I, I think you should definitely dress for a wedding. You shouldn't be dressed as if you're the guy who's not going to end up in any photographs. So it, it's very key that you, you dress for the event that you're capturing. Now, I'm not saying like be suited and booted, but if you're comfortable in a suit and tie, then by all means, rock a suit and tie when you're at a wedding. Um, so yeah, it, it can be very difficult to to have to deal with that. Uh, it, it's definitely something that it comes up every wedding. Like I, I would bet nine times out of 10, there's always gonna be that one person and it's always going to be a DSLR. I mean, sometimes it might be uh, an iPad. I mean, I've had a wedding where there was an iPad photographer there holding up an iPad in the case, like in the folio case. So, I mean, it was even lar- it was even even larger uh, object that he was holding and capturing images and video and all this stuff with. And he was, you know, directing people to come together like like a photographer would. So maybe. Maybe someday our industry will shift and cell phones may be powerful enough to that we won't need DSLRs. But until that time, um, to the iPad photographers out there, go ahead and leave those tucked away in your car. I don't think you need to bring them. Uh, I hope this answers the question, though. I, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent or a little bit of a talk, but... I think at the end of the day that as long as you are confident in what you're doing and you protect yourself in your contract, you have to have it in writing. It's it's always good to to verbally tell your clients to protect yourself, but again, uh, have it have it in writing so that when they sign that contract, if they ever come back and have any any disputes or anything to say to you that might go against how you how you feel you may have experienced the wedding, uh, at least you're protected in that right because you're always going to have somebody out there who they either want to build their portfolio, they, they don't know how to go about doing it, even though a simple YouTube search can can tell you how you can build a wedding portfolio without 
sort of piggybacking off of other people's weddings that they are working. And yeah, that's pretty much what I got. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It is a in-car podcast. I'm sort of transitioning in and out of the studio to increase the amount of content that I'm able to create. And with this, I'll end it here. So thank you guys. And as always, until next time, see ya.